which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before the word, before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, I ask you to open these scriptures up to us. Lord, I ask you to, to place upon our heart the love and thankfulness and gratefulness that is not only due you, but due other human beings that are made in your image. Lord, we love you. I ask you to, to allow me to decrease. Lord, you increase and this message penetrates the hearts that need to hear it. Rekindle the fires that need to be rekindled. Stoke the coals to a flame. Lord, I love you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is writing and he's announcing that he is an apostle. And this epistle that he's writing to the Cleves, he's writing as an authoritative, authoritative person from God. Now, Timothy's mentioned here, but he is not an apostle. And so, in the salutation, it was at that time that you would tell who was in the first paragraph. Who you were and your position and who was with you at the time of penning the letter. And so, uh, and then he goes on who he's writing it to. He's writing it to the saints. Now, Caligus had a broad base. It wasn't a great big city, but it had a broad base of different people and religions because... They were known for their dye. They were a textile place and dyed uh, fabric. And so, uh, and shortly, just for history's sake, for those of you that are history books, shortly after they received this letter, Cleves was destroyed by earthquake. And so, uh, uh, it didn't last long after this letter, but he was addressing the issues that not only were plaguing Cleves and Laodicea and some of the other places, but it was, it was melting in. There was a, uh, a melting of, of uh, barring from different religions or different cults. Kind of like what we have going on today. You know, at the time of Kali, during their time in the first century, uh, you had Christianity coming on, you had Judaism there, and then you had other uh, worship like Baal and some of these others and people were picking and choosing things from all of them and, and putting them in a pot and presenting that as the new gospel. Except the difference today is at that time those folks had to go and follow a leader. Today we have the same thing happening. We have Christianity that's pure and then each individual picks things from other denominations or other things they've learned and they mold it in and that becomes their own view of the gospel. Which isn't pure. We were no different than Khalid. The only difference is, is now we can do it individually rather than corporately. And we still have those who will stand and, and, and corporately put out uh, Gnosticism and some of the others uh, Gnostic gospels that aren't correct and prevalent today, especially in the United States, is the prosperity gospel. You know, God doesn't want you to be poor. He wants you to be rich. He wants you to be rich with lots of money. If you sow an X number of amount of seed, 
you're going to see receive tenfold. The only person that is receiving tenfold is the pastor who's asking you to sow. I'm, I'm serious, you know, and I'm not calling no names. All you got to do is turn the TV on. But uh, anyway, with that being said, those things were going on. And he says in verse 3, uh, he says, We give thanks to God and the Father for our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. Fond memories, thankfulness for fond memories. See, he remembers Christ knocking him off the horse on his way to Damascus. Paul remembers everything that he went through while he stayed in Damascus. He remembers having to escape being lowered down in a basket to keep from, lit, keep from being killed. He remembers on his trip to uh, being beaten and left for dead. He remembers on his trip to Rome being bitten by a snake and shipwrecked. He remembers all of these things and he says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. Are we always thankful and being able to praise and pray for others? Paul always did it. In every one of his things, that every one of his letters, he starts out and he's always praising. He gives praise before he chastises. Do we praise our children before we chastise them? Do we praise our employees before we chastise them? I don't know. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But we need to be thankful for others. We need to be thankful at this time of the year. Think about this. We're a little over 30 some odd days and it's going to be January the 1st, 2024. Or 23, excuse me, I'll skip the year. <laughs> My meds kicked in, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be 2023. I've been with my little grandson. He's learning to count by two, so that's what happened. I, I, uh, but anyway, it's going to be 2023. It seems like not just yesterday that we were just getting back together from COVID. This year has flown by. We've done so much. Look at the things that we've done and accomplished. Look around you. Look who's here. New faces. New families. Isn't that amazing how God's working? And so we need to be thankful for others. We have plans. We, we've, set, we've set goals and we've set charts. We, we charted a path for, for the near future and for the long term. We're thankful God has given us or, and, and has gave us and is continuing to give us talented people with their gifts to use here together. God is wonderful in the way he works. And so we should be giving thanks always. And in, in verse 4 he says, Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of all the love which ye have for all the saints. Thankfulness expressed through prayer. When we do our daily devotions, do we lift up all of our brothers and sisters? Do we lift up the saints? Uh, I learned to pray by a missionary and his wife. They were the interim pastors at a church that I attended. Uh, he was and she was there. and um, They had spent 50 years on the mission field in Africa. And they started a little prayer group on Sunday mornings prior to Sunday school and, and worship service. And we would pray. We'd go around the table and pray. And when we got to Miss Evelyn, she started praying right there in that room. She prayed for everyone in that room. 
And then she prayed for everyone that was coming to the Sunday school and everyone that was coming to the worship service. And then she prayed for everyone in, in the neighborhood. And then she prayed for everyone in the county. Then she prayed for everyone in the state. And when she finished praying, she had prayed for every person that walked the face of the earth. She started out there and worked out. And I learned how to pray for people. People you don't know. And uh, it was amazing to listen to her pray. And then it was amazing to replicate. And you would be surprised at the, at the responses that you would get. You'd be surprised at the things that the Lord would allow you to see through that prayer of expanding. And it was like our witness. She told me, I said, where did you learn to pray like that? She said, from witnessing. She said, Jesus told us that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. I pray the same way. I start in Jerusalem. I go to Judea. I go to Samaria. And I go to the ends of the earth. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't we? Are we thankful? Or do we get busy in our days and we rush our prayers? I have to be honest. Sometimes I rush my prayer. I rush it. Got too many things I think I need to do rather than just being quiet. Praying to the Lord. Or if I do have time to pray to the Lord, sometimes I jump up and don't listen. And I miss something. And he says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherefore ye heard before the word of the truth of the gospel. The gospel is the word of truth. The gospel is the truth. Jesus Christ himself said, I am the truth. There is a solid 100% truth that is available to mankind. A lot of folks will not accept it. A lot of folks want to reject it. And they make excuses for it. I make no excuse my Savior died for me because I hung him on the cross. I did that. And so I'm thankful that I have a Savior who was willing to do that for me. I'm thankful that I have a Savior who was willing to do that for you. And if He hasn't done that for you yet, you need to consider that. You need to let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. It's Thanksgiving. It's a time to be thankful. I'm thankful for the congregation here at Deep Creek Baptist Church. I'm thankful for the founders that founded this church. All of them... 100 and almost 200 years ago. I'm thankful for the generations between the time of founding and now that, that kept it going. I'm thankful for the ones that rolled the church three miles through the woods down here to where it sits today on logs because they had a vision and because where it was at before was underwater now. I'm thankful that people had the wherewithal to do that. Look at us today. That was done in 1950. Look at us today. 2022. Think about it. We've come a long way. There's a lot to be thankful for. Think about those new folks that come in and out of the doors that got to hear the gospel and we made connections with. Think about those folks that Went home to be with the Lord this year. Think about them. 
that we pray. We pray that, and we thank God that we had an opportunity to get to know them. We had an opportunity to serve with them or to serve them. Thanksgiving is a great time of the year. We're thankful for brotherly fellowship. And I'm going to tell you, the men's group has fun. We do. We, we, have, we have a lot of fun. We meet once a month. If we met any more than that, we might wind up getting divorced. We have so much fun. <laughs> no, I'm just throwing that out there. It's not that bad, but we do have fun. Um, they might, there might be some suggestions made that we turn it into a bunkhouse or something, you know, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, we enjoy each other's company. We miss our time together. We do. I'm thankful for the ladies of this church. They keep us straight. They are the voice of reason in our childish heads. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, I, my, my little grandson. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you where this is coming from. My little grandson asked me day before yesterday, Papa. What's the difference between a boy and a man? And my wife's ears perked up. I said, son, it's the price of their toys. <laughs> so, men and boys, the price of toys. But he wants to be a man so bad he can't stand it. I said, just be five, your time's coming. <laughs> uh, and so we need to be thankful for these things. They're looking at us, all of us. These children are looking at us in our walk with God to see how we're doing. And they will call you on these things. Tatham told me the other day, Papa, you yelled at that man, you need to pray. I didn't, he couldn't hear me because I was in my truck. <laughs> it ain't my fault he pulled out in front of me, but you know, anyway. <laughs> he reminded me, so I said, yes, you're right, Tatham, I had to pray. And then the other one that's nine years old in the back seat said, well, you need to go ahead and pray for the thoughts too. <laughs> Can't catch a break with these kids. And I told him, I said, you're right. So I had to pray again. But I'm thankful for what we have. I'm thankful for who we are. Look where we were at in January. It may not seem like much, but look where we are today. Look where we are today. Hopefully we're closer to the Lord. Hopefully we're closer together. We're willing to spend time with each other and get to know each other through fellowship. Hopefully we're making a difference in our spheres of influence. You guys will probably see more people in a day than I will. And you'll see people more honest than I will. Because as soon as they realize I'm a pastor, they change. Where if you guys walk up and they're, they're going to they're gonna continue doing what they're doing because you're just a somebody. You don't have a REV or a pastor in front of your name. And it doesn't make a difference because I'm just a somebody too. I mean, they ain't like I can save them. I can show them how to be saved and talk to them about it. But the only one that can save you is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, we're living and walking a lifestyle that people see Jesus through us. We must be doing something right. 
We're still open. We're still growing. We're still viable in the community. We're still getting phone calls. People wanting help and people wanting to use the playground and people wanting this and that's a wonderful thing. I wish we had unlimited funds to where I could help every person that calls, but we don't. And I had a lady call me and said, thank you for putting a light on the playground. It gets dark early and my children still need to get out and burn off some energy. She said, we're just worried about trespassing. And I said, you're going to worry about trespassing? Play. Let them play until they drop. That's what it's there for. It's what it's there for, to be used. Just think about it. Think about it. What a sad state of affairs it is to not hear the sound of children running and laughing and screaming and crying and arguing. We're blessed. We have that. We have that. We do. I know places that don't. And it's a sad thing. In verse 6, which has come unto you as it as in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. He's praising him, and he's thankful for their confidence that, that they share. It's a confidence that we all share. He's praising them. You know, and at the time, you have to understand, at the time... The known world seemed to be the Roman Empire. And Christianity in a short span had spread throughout the empire. And they knew it the world. And you can back up here when he says, you know, uh, grace be to the saints and the faithful brothers. Or the faithful brethren. Could be a distinction. When he says saints, he's including all. All of the followers of Christ. Whether they're got some bad theology or not. But when he says the faithful brethren, that would seem to single out those who are steadfast in the faith, who rely upon the doctrine of God, who rely upon the gospel as it was preached, without adding to and without taking away. And their confidence, they were so confident in their faith with Christ that they were taking care of others. They were taking care of others. They were taking care of those in Ephesus. In fact, the person that they mention in the next few verses came from Ephesus and was a, he came from Ephesus, but he was from Calise. They think that's how the gospel got there. Where has the gospel been because of you? Where have you taken the gospel to? Think about your sphere. Your sphere of influence. All the people you see in your circle. In a normal day's time that you converse or converse with. Or, or have business dealings with. Think about the people you contact. Are you preaching the gospel with your lifestyle? Do we look different? Because if we don't, 
What would make them want to recognize and follow us? If we look no different than the world, why would they want to come over here? They would think this is just a souped up social club. It's not. This is supposed to be the lighthouse and the lifeboat for the community. This is supposed to be the place where people come to get their lives saved. You know, this is where you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. This is the hub. This is where all of us come to get our marching orders. And then during the week, we're out. We come back. To get rejuvenated and to be reminded of the orders that we've been given. The great privilege we have to be ambassadors of Christ. Aren't we thankful for that? We're going to gather with our families in a few days. And we're going to sit back. It's supposed to rain that day. That means you're not going to be able to go outside and toss the football and, and all of that. So you're going to have to be stuck inside. And the tryptophan's going to work. And the recliners are going to kick back. And the belt loops are going to get opened up. <laughs> and the TVs are going to go on. And there's going to be games and things playing on television. And there's going to be snoring. <laughs> but you're going to get to spend that time with loved ones. Some of them have beautiful relationships with our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of them wouldn't give him the time of day. That's in all of our families. Let's make an effort to pray for them before we meet them Wednesday. Let's make an effort to take three names from anybody you want, stick them in your wallet or, or a purse, put them in your Bible, and every time you do your devotions, pray for them three. Pray for their salvation. And as they get saved, check them off. Add another that's what we need to do. And then when they have become saved, help them find a Bible-believing church. Help them find somebody to come alongside them and disciple them to maturity. Don't leave them to waller in the boat adrift in the waves as a new Christian like they did when I came along. We need to have an effort and a plan to disciple these people. You want to know why people aren't coming? We don't have the disciple makers. We don't have them. We can't handle an influx of, of new people coming to Christ because we don't have those that come alongside and make a commitment to disciple them, to be there for them, to take an interest in their life. Ministry is nasty work. You're involved in people's lives. They're going to trust you and they're going to get to the point where they're going to lay it out there and there's going to be things that are going to shock you. And there's going to be things that's going to cause you to cry with them, to laugh with them. This is what we're called to do. It's called fellowship and discipleship. It's called building relationships. Think about this. I want you to just take a moment and think about this. Look around you. Who in here do you have a a relationship with that you can confide in pretty much anything you need. Think about it. I'm going to give you a few minutes to just look around. If you have to stand up and look, stand up and look. Who in here can you can confide in and not worry about the telephones ringing 
You know, they, they, they used to have a saying in the army, you could telephone, telegraph, or tell so-and-so. It would go out. And so, we need to make sure that we don't have that going on. We need to make sure that when somebody tells you something in confidence, it stays there. It stays there. You want to ruin trust? Let it get back to somebody they told you something and you shared it. They will never trust you again. And never is a long time. And if they do, they're not going to give you the good stuff because they know you can't. You betrayed them. Thanksgiving. We're thankful. We got a brand new slate to start with. It's Thanksgiving. We're thankful. We live in the most prosperous country in the, United, in the world, even despite the recession we're in. We're thankful. We didn't have to put armed guards outside the door to protect us while we worship the Lord. We should be thankful. Most of us have a roof over our head, I hope. Most of us, I can see, or all of us here have clothes to wear. I'm sure... All of us have some food to eat. If you don't see me, we'll make sure you do. We have heat. We have air. We're comfortable. Most of us drove here. I don't think any of us walked. We have enough funds to put gas in our car to get back and forth. God has blessed us. Think about the blessings that people out there that have received... From God that they don't even know they received Him. He's doing these things for us and we believe. Look at the things He's doing for those who don't have a clue where they come from. We're thankful. We know where the earth was began. We know who created it. We know who, who has His hand on it. Who keeps order out of chaos. We know. We know who the Savior is. We know our destination. We know where we're going when we die. And if you're here today and you don't, today's the day to come talk to me. Today's the day to talk to me. And make sure you know where your salvation lies and where your eternity is because if not, you're going to spend it in hell. Separated from God. And it's my praise that not any person that walks through the threshold or the door of this church crosses the gates of hell without having heard the gospel. So, today's the day. The kingdom of heaven is near. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Be thankful. Thankful for others. Thankful for our circumstances. Out of all the places in the world, He placed us here. He could have placed us anywhere. But he placed us here for this purpose, for this time. If you need prayer, when we have our hymn of invitation, please come down. If you need to get to know Jesus, we have our hymn of invitation, please come down. If you just want to rededicate your life, please come down. Or any number of things. It's open. The altar's open. If you want to pray, the altar's open. Always. If you want someone to pray with you, come on down. If I can't handle it, we got deacons that can come and pray with you also. But don't leave here without being straight with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this time of the year. I thank you for all the mercy and the blessings you bestowed upon us this year. But most of all, Lord, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the gospel so that others can come to know you and the peace and the love that I feel and everyone here feels that are your children. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit works on the hearts that need it. If they need to rededicate their lives, Lord, that they'll do it. If they need prayer about certain things going on in their lives, Lord, today's the day to, to walk out of here and let the bags lay at the cross. Leave the chains and the baggage behind. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship, Lord, if they don't have a relationship with you, that today's the day that they start one. Lord, I love you. I trust all things in you. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.